right, so this is the first large group, and to some of you, this is like your millionth large group that you've been to, so it's like, oh, everything's so normal, but then to others of you, it's the first one, and so this is basically, as an introductory, this is just our weekly worship service on SNU campus every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. We're going to be in here worshiping and praising Jesus and just loving him and loving one another. Um, I'm going to be up here, and other guest speakers will be up here after we worship, and then we usually go and we eat together after the message, and it's going to be a really, really fun semester, so I'm excited if it's your first time. Um, and before we get started, I kind of just want to, like, this is a small enough group to where we can get to know each other a little bit more. So I want you to find three people that you don't know very well, and I want you to say, I'm so glad to see you today, brother, or I'm so glad to see you tonight, sister, okay? You can give them a hug if you feel comfortable, or a high five if you prefer a little bit more personal space. So find three people that you do not know, and introduce yourself and say, I'm so happy to see you tonight, and go. Go, 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 go. more seconds, 30 more seconds, 30 more seconds. Man, I am so glad to see all of you here tonight, brothers and sisters. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Um, Michelle, our staff member, introduced me, and my name is Rona, and I'm campus director of SNU Emmaus, but Emmaus is a college ministry that's currently at three campuses in Seoul. We're um, based from Yonsei University, okay? Anybody here know Yonsei? Okay. So we were only at that campus ministering to exchange students, international students, and then it got to be so big, like 100-plus people, and then they sent me and another staff to this campus in fall of 2012 to begin Emmaus here, and then we also did a plant at Korea University. So we're at these three campuses, and uh, Emmaus has just been growing exponentially, and it's awesome to see God... Um, bringing nations to his universities in Seoul, bringing people from all over the world, like all over the world, literally countries I didn't know existed, okay? Um, people from all over the world to these universities in Korea where he brings them together. And the one thing that we have in common is our love for God or our love for this community or our love for one another. And it's really beautiful how aside from every cultural difference, every language difference that 
that there's a community that forms in Emmaus at all these campuses that is so much, it, it transcends, I guess, what makes sense in the world. And that's how I know the love of Christ is real in this place. And so I want to welcome you to the first uh, SNU Emmaus large group of 2015 spring. Um, it's going to be an exciting year. We look forward to planting Emmaus internationally in the not-so-distant future. Um, so stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. Um, but that is not what I'm preaching about tonight. What I'm preaching about tonight, I'm preaching about hashtags. Okay? Does anybody here know what a hashtag is? Hashtag. Hashtag. Okay. A hashtag is like on your, if you have a Facebook account, a Twitter account, an Instagram account. Okay. Anybody, does anyone have all three? Anybody have two of those? One of those. Okay. So a lot of you are familiar with hashtags. Hashtags. Okay. And the title of my message is at Jesus, the great hashtagger. Okay. Because what I want to talk about is the hashtag. And through the hashtag, I kind of want to talk about what Jesus does in our lives today. Okay. Uh, If you don't know what a hashtag is, I have a picture I'm going to show you in just a second. Um, but our scripture for tonight is from Luke 24. So if you want to go ahead and get your Bibles open. If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. Maybe your buddy on your left or right has one. You can look off theirs. <clears throat> Luke 24. <clears throat> but to be honest, guys, I've been hashtagging a lot lately. Okay? Um, I've hashtagged so many posts um, and I, I began to notice that the quality of my hashtags began to change. Um, they've evolved over the years since I first began to hashtag. When I first hashtagged, I believe I correctly hashtagged. Um, I would hashtag different trends or words, you know, that people could clink, click, and it would it would uh, link them to other people who hashtagged that same word. Um, but I also began to hashtag uh, later on just like funny phrases or things that I thought were humorous. So like sarcastic comments or like weird statements or like, I don't know. And the purpose was not to get people to click it because I was probably the only person in the universe who would hashtag that particular phrase. Okay. It's just to be funny. I also began to notice though that recently my hashtags changed even more. And now what I hashtag is basically like the post is something but what I've been hashtagging is how I actually feel, okay? So, for example, this semester, I started seminary, okay? While also uh, directing Emmaus and continuing to be CD here. So, all that to say, I've uh, been more busy than usual, and I've been complaining a lot. I'm, like, annoying myself by how often I complain these days. I just want to stop talking. Like, so when people ask me how I'm doing, I just try to avoid the question. I ask how they're doing because I know if I share, I'm going to complain. It's like that bad. So the other day, I was complaining so much, and I was so annoyed with myself. And I was in um, Hebrew class. And, um, you know, I used to think I was, a, like, smart. I used to think I was smart. And, like, I, I, I graduated summa cum laude. I graduated 3.98 from, from undergrad. And, like, I, I thought, yeah, so, like, I'm, like, I'm a pretty bright right young woman, right? But I don't know, guys. Like, lately I've been feeling like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I'm that smart. And then I've just, it's been hard. 
does anyone here speak Hebrew? Oh, man, I've been praying that someone would come into my life. So I, I don't know. I just sit in that class, and I don't understand anything. And, and um, it was hard, and I was complaining. And then I posted this long thing on Facebook. But then my hashtag at the bottom was hashtag be thankful. Like, that's the lesson. So, so the post was important, but my hashtag was actually what I was feeling, okay? And then um, I recently, yesterday, I hashtagged again. And Hyojin, if you could pull up this slide for, for us. Um, so this is my Facebook wall. And I was studying all day yesterday. I was, it's literally just the alphabet. I'm still in the alphabet, and it's still blowing my mind because there's all these dots, okay? That don't, I don't understand. And then um, I just, after a long day of studying, I just posted, Father, I do not understand the language of your chosen people, Israel. Please help me. Hashtag Hebrew makes me feel stupid. What the dagesh bagad kafat every day is Hebrew day. Those are some Hebrew, um, just some grammar things that I was learning. But what I noticed was, okay, like what I'm actually feeling are my hashtags now. Okay, like I don't know if that is actually the purpose of a hashtag. Like, do you think anyone else is going to trend that and that I'm going to connect with, you know what I mean? So I was kind of just interested in what I was hashtagging these days. And before I went to bed last night, I felt like God was putting on my heart, Rona, what are you hashtagging? What's behind your hashtags? Okay. And as I began to pray and think through what God was asking me, um, that's kind of where the heart of this message comes from, okay? Today we're going to talk about the purpose of a hashtag, okay? And how God has equipped us to hashtag overcome by hashtag true connection with hashtag our own, our one true source of life, hashtag Jesus, and then bring hashtag others into that hashtag hope, okay? And so tonight, when I say the word hashtag, followed by a word, I want you to say that word after me. So when I say hashtag hope, you're going to say? Thank you. Okay. If it, if it gets to be too many, then I'm going to have you stop. But for now, we'll try, okay? So I did a little research from, from, from some very reliable sources, from very academic sources to find for you the meaning of uh, hashtag, the purpose of hashtags, okay? You can thank me for this research. Number one, number one purpose of hashtag from Mashable.com, okay? Very trustworthy and academic source. <laughs> okay, Ma- Mashable.com says a hashtag turns any word or group of words that directly follow it into a searchable link, okay? So the first thing a hashtag does is anytime you put that, ha- that pound symbol, that word becomes a searchable link. What does that mean? You can now click it, and it takes you somewhere, okay? First thing it does, it turns it into a searchable link. Second thing it does is it allows you to organize content and track discussion topics based on those keywords. Okay, what does that mean? It means that you hashed, many people hashtag keywords, and then it turns it into a link people can click, but also it tracks discussion. So every single time you click a hashtag word, it, it links you to all the other people who hashtagged that very word, okay? It links you to that. You can track this word and what other people have been saying, okay? 
keywords, tracks discussion, organizes content, okay? So if you, for example, have Instagram and you put up a picture of uh, your food, okay? Everybody takes pictures of their food, how delicious their food is. Hashtag foodie, hashtag, oh my gosh, so yummy, okay? So hashtag, and then um, hashtag like, beautiful meal, or I don't know, whatever, if you can create a hashtag, that means every time you click that link, it's going to have all your food posts. So when you get hungry or you whatever, I don't know, when you look at this, you can track all of your previous food posts if you consistently use the same hashtag. It organizes your pictures, okay? From Urban Dictionary, another trustworthy source for you. It says, to put it simply, a hashtag is simply a way for people to search for tweets that have a common topic and to begin a conversation. If you wanted info on the situation, you could do a search on hashtag, you know, whatever that word is, and see everything that people have written about it, okay? So if you want to learn more, if you want info about a certain word or topic, all you got to do is search for it, and you can find it, okay? It begins a conversation. Hashtags can begin a conversation as well. Another purpose from Mashable, it says that hashtags can also provide colorful commentary as a sort of muttered into a handkerchief aside to give context and to convey humor or sarcasm. Okay? Sometimes a hashtag is so zany or specific that there are few, if any, search results attached to it. These exist mainly for entertainment purposes. Okay, so the first two things we talked about, info, tracking, you know, content, similar topics, begins conversation, it's all to connect, right? Hashtag, you click the word, you can connect with other people or you can track your own stuff, right? Every time you've posted or every time someone else has posted about the topic. But then there's another category of hashtags and all these hashtags do are just, they make people laugh. They're for entertainment purposes. I realize that most of my hashtags fall into this category. Like, I don't really do any hashtags like like Throwback Thursday or Outfit of the Day or, you know, whatever. whatever. There's some, like, really popular hashtags, but mine are mostly, like, just, like, under-the-breath kind of comments or sarcastic or funny comments or how I'm really feeling. Like, Hebrew makes me feel stupid, okay? So... These are some reasons why people hashtag. These are some purposes of hashtags, okay? Now, I also did research on how to be a successful hashtagger, okay? You know why people hashtag, but do you know how to do it well? You will after this message, okay? You're welcome. Number one, keep it to three hashtags. How many, guys? One? No, two? No, no. Five? No. Three hashtags is the limit. Why? Because if you put more than three, you lose people. It says that it's not popular to hashtag more than three hashtags, okay? Remember, I want you all to be successful hashtaggers in here. Number two, to be a successful hashtagger is to use relevant hashtags. Everyone say relevant. Okay. You want to make sure you are hashtagging things people will actually find because they are keywords people are actually looking for, okay? If you're actually using hashtags for the purpose of starting a conversation, connecting with other people, following trends, you don't want to make up fake words because 
who will be able to search them and find them? If you actually want someone to see your picture, you've got to use a real word, a keyword, a trendable, track-worthy word. Okay, so pick your words carefully. Number three successful hashtag or tip is to follow trends. See what hashtags are trending and make use of them if they are relevant to your post. Okay? What did I write there? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Trending, make use, relevant. Warning, though. Okay? Warning. This is a big warning to anyone who wants to be a successful hashtagger. The biggest warning that Mashable gave was... um, You cannot use a hashtag that has nothing to do with your post because it makes you look like a spammer and it will hurt your credibility. Everyone say spammer. For example, like if you um, just post a picture of your like of your food and you go to a restaurant and you say, this is such an amazing restaurant. It's such good food. That's your post, right? Or you put a picture, but then your hashtag is um, herbal care is the best store to buy herbal home remedies. You know what I mean? Every time anyone sees that, they know this is just spammer, right? This is not a real person. It makes you seem like a machine and not a person. So if you ever want to be a successful hashtagger, you cannot hashtag something random that has nothing to do with your posts because then it messes with your credibility as a hashtagger. Okay? Warning. Number four to be, to cre- uh, to be a successful hashtagger is to create your own hashtag. Okay? You don't just find the popular keywords. You don't just organize your stuff well. You don't just hashtag what's trending and relevant, but you make your own hashtag that's never been made before. This is the ultimate level hashtagger, okay? You have to pass the first two levels, three levels, before you become at this level of creating your own, all right? If you want to create a special one for an event or a campaign, select one that hasn't been used before and remind everyone in all of your posts. Keep it informative but short, okay, if you want to create your own hashtag. So why? Why is this campus director telling me all about hashtags? You guys may think it has nothing to do with the Bible or Christianity. Where is Rona getting at, okay? Trust me, we're going somewhere, okay? And so let's let's look at the Bible passage I had us open up to earlier. It was Luke 24, starting with verse 13. <clears throat> okay. We're going to start reading at verse 14, <clears throat> or 13. And I'm going to pause us here and there, all right? That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, hashtag Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, hashtag Jesus, Himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? Pause. Okay, so what's happening here is that two men are walking on a road together, talking. 
okay? They're walking to a village called hashtag Emmaus. Emmaus. And they're talking and walking. They're going in one direction. And all of a sudden, a, a surprise visitor comes up beside them. And they don't know who he is. Just imagine you're with your bud. You guys are going somewhere. You're talking. And then all of a sudden, a stranger comes up. Okay? They don't know who he is, but he begins to talk to them. And he says something very interesting. He says, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? Okay? And the point of my message tonight is that Jesus is the best hashtagger. Jesus is the best hashtagger. And I'm going to unpack why I make that claim to you. Okay? Because the first thing he does is he begins trending. Do you guys remember what makes a successful hashtagger? It's that they actually know what's trending. They actually know what people are talking about. They actually know what's going on. They actually know what's relevant. They actually know what people are thinking and feeling. Jesus is the best hashtagger because when he first comes, he begins tracking and trending what's going on. Okay? The thing about Jesus that's so different about the thing about Jesus is so different than what religion teaches us is that he's not just some historical figure who speaks in King King James version English and he was in this in the ancient near east and he has you know he eats fish and loaves and he speaks Aramaic and he has nothing to do with us okay the thing about Jesus is that he's the most relevant person we could ever know is that he drops himself in our current place, our current situation. He knows exactly what's going on. And he's as relevant to us today as he was back then, years and years and years ago, as he always will be in the future. Long after we're gone, Jesus is still going to be relevant, okay? He's the best hashtagger. It's because Jesus is God incarnate, God Emmanuel, God with us. He left his place on the throne and he put on flesh. He came into creation to be with man, to walk with us, to talk with us, to be one with us, okay? To invite us into that relationship with God. And so Jesus is hashtag relevant. Good, you guys are staying with me. He is up on the times. He knows what's going on with these two men. And he turns their simple conversation into searchable links. Okay? He begins to ask them for some hashtags, some keywords in the conversation he has with them. Okay? If you look at verse 17, I'll, I'll explain what I mean. by he turning, He's turning their conversation into searchable links. Verse 17 says, <clears throat> He said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Other translations, instead of saying looking sad, it says their faces were downcast. Okay? Cleopas asked, are you the only person who doesn't know the things that have happened? Jesus, really? Are you asking me what we're talking about? Are you the only person who doesn't know? thing is, Jesus knew what they were talking about, but he is wanting to pull out some key words. He's wanting to pull out some searchable links, okay? Here we go. Jesus, the best hashtagger, says, what things, okay? He's not offended that they keep asking him, what things, okay? 
Jesus is pulling out the key words. They say to him, concerning keyword hashtag Jesus of Nazareth, a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But, and here we go with another significant keyword and hashtag, we had hashtag hoped that he would be the one to hashtag redeem Israel. Jesus is the best hashtagger. These men were having one hecka discouraging, sad conversation, okay? Together, walking together, just sad. And then he comes on the scene and he says, what are you talking about? What things have been going on? And soon he gets some key words out, right? We had hoped that he would be the one to redeem Israel, this Jesus of Nazareth. These are the words that are trending in the ancient Near East at this time. Jesus is beginning to turn their conversation into points of connection, into searchable links at this moment. Okay? In the beginning of this verse, it begins with the disciples sad, standing still, their faces downcast. You see, their hope was ruined. Okay? They had hoped in something, and their hopes were completely crushed. Why were their hopes crushed? Because in the ancient Near East at this time, the Messiah that they were waiting for was a political governmental king and leader that would bring political stability and peace to this people. Okay? But the reason that their hopes were crushed was because this Jesus, who they thought would be the one, the Messiah, the king, was crucified, and he died. And it was three days later. And they were like, wow, we put all of our hope in this man. And he didn't deliver on his promises. There's no peace. There's no redemption. There's no salvation. There's no deliverance. He's in a tomb. Our hopes are crushed. So on their way to Emmaus, it's a walk of defeat, a walk of discouragement. It's a walk of despair. It's a walk of, man, futility. They had expected God to deliver on some promises. They expected Jesus would make things right in their lives. They expected for Jesus to come through. They expected redemption, but what they got instead was disappointment. And I wonder if we hashtagged disappointment in our own lives, what would come up on the track list? What would what would what posts would pop up if we were to hashtag disappointment? If we were to hashtag discouragement, if we were to hashtag despair, what would pop up on that list if we were to hashtag those words? You know, if we clicked on that hashtag disappointment, good, Steven, Steven's still with me. Hashtag disappointment, okay? If we clicked on that hashtag, we will begin to think about all of the times that we've been disappointed, right? Think about it and put yourselves in these men's shoes. Your greatest hope in something, was it a grade? Was it a job? Was it a relationship? Was it a family? Was it a certain promise? Was it a goal? What was it that you began to put your hope in? 
and you were met with disappointment. Maybe we're not in the same time and cultural setting as these men, but I think we've all been disappointed before. I think we could all have posts in our life where we could hashtag disappointment, disappointment, discouragement, despair, okay? We all have posts or pictures if we were to look back on our lives where we could hashtag those words. We can all put ourselves in these men's places, right? We can think about the times we've failed ourselves or others. We can think about our relationships and how we've been hurt or rejected. We could have, we could think about how our lives would have turned out, about the difficult situations we've been through in the past or present, and we wonder where Jesus was in all of this. Okay? These men put their hope in Jesus, and they were hashtag disappointed because they hashtag put their hope in him, right? And it looks like Jesus let them down. It looks like he wasn't there. It looks like he just forgot about them, that he had forsaken them. And if we were to hashtag disappointment in our lives, trend that, track that, we look back, guys, and it's going to distort our image as well of our actual lives, of our actual histories. You know, I grew up in a very broken home, abusive and alcoholic father, a very good church but with a lot of religious people that were all very beautiful and wealthy and had their lives all put together. And coming from the past I did, I felt like, man, these people are so perfect, and if their God accepts only people like them, he can't be my God because I'm very messed up compared to them, okay? And I just really thought, man, I hear all these stories about Jesus and salvation and God being a good father, but I'm homeless. I have an abusive dad who's alcoholic, and I don't feel like God is good to me. I don't feel like the stuff I read about in scripture is real. I don't feel like he's my deliverer. I don't see how he comes through. I don't see how he's present. And if I hashtag disappointment, if I click that searchable link, I can... I promise you, I have a long record of posts. Hashtag disappointment. Hashtag discouragement. Hashtag pain. Hashtag despair. You don't have to say all those words. A lot of posts will pop up. Okay? And we begin to ask ourselves as we begin to click that searchable link of disappointment, Man, God, where were you? Where were you, Jesus? Why didn't you come through for me? And if you're so good, why would you let all of this stuff happen to me? If I look at all the disappointment and discouragement in my life, I don't see how you could be so good, God. And a lot of people, they take that hashtag discouragement, they click that link once, they see the bad in the world, the bad in their own lives, and they say, forget this. I'm giving up on this God thing. I'm giving up on this Jesus thing. I'm giving up on this religion thing. I'm giving up on this community thing. I'm giving up on this church thing because I've been hashtag so disappointed by it. <laughs> These words are so sad. I don't, okay, we're going to get to better hashtags soon. Um, but in that moment where we face discouragement, okay, there are many times two errors, two ways that we begin to fall into error, Okay. The first thing is becoming a spammer, okay? You guys remember what a spammer is? 
a lot of times people who grew up in the church or Christians or whatever, um, when they encounter disappointment, like these two men, when they encounter difficult situations or trials or suffering or pain in their lives, which all of us will if we haven't already, okay, um, what happens is the temptation to become a spammer, a Christian spammer. Do you guys remember what a spammer is? It's a person that posts one thing, but their hashtag is something completely irrelevant and not real. And what I mean by that, what I want to unpack by that, as, as Mashable instructed us so clearly, was that if your hashtag was not relevant to your actual post, then it will hurt your credibility and you will be marked as a spammer. Example, this restaurant is so amazing, and I'll definitely come back again, buy Herbal Care Remedy Solution for half Herb- Herbal Life today. Okay, I don't know. That one always pops up as, like, spam on mine. I think because I like buying Herbal Care Remedies or something. You can't do that, okay? Because it makes you look like a machine and not a real person. We all understand that in the social media world, right? Don't be a spammer. Everybody hates spammers. I don't want a spammer on my Instagram feed, okay? But Christians actually do this in real life. And this is one of the most annoying thing. It's when Christians try to hashtag perfection when their post or their real life has struggle or hurt or pain in it. Okay? For example, someone hurts you, you flunk your test, your parents are going buck wild and yelling at you, okay? But you hashtag God is good all the time. Hashtag he turns it all around for good, okay? And then you hashtag stuff like that. Guys, as in you spout out these Christianese answers and these really simple truth claims. And honestly, it's just annoying. You're just becoming a spammer because what happens is those phrases that are actually full of life and power, you've just cheapened it because you're not there yet, okay? And when people look at your life, they're not looking for perfection. They're looking for real and someone who's a real person who has struggles just like me and everybody else. But how does Jesus come through for them in that struggle, in that disappointment? Okay, but if you hashtag, he's good all the time, okay, and then you just failed your test, that's not, that's a spammer, that's a machine, okay? You got to have a little bit of like, actually, this is a little bit disappointing, right? You got to be real. I am so disgusted with this kind of hashtagging and spamming because I've done it so many times, okay? <laughs> like, the things that bother me the most are the things that I've done because, you know, you see it in yourself and you're like, uh, you know, so that's the, I'm disgusted by the, the Christian spamming because especially as a Christian minister, you know, man, guys, it's so tempting. You want to be strong. You want to have it all together. But let me tell you that life is hard. Life is hard and it sucks sometimes. I don't know if I can say that in a message. I don't, I just did, but then it does. And, and you know, it's like not easy. When I, since I started full-time ministry, it's, my life is got, got harder in many ways, okay? I stopped working and support raising. Sometimes you don't know how much money you're going to make every month. That's hashtag scary sometimes, okay? When, oh, no. When I, when, when I first started full-time ministry, my dad passed away. I began ministry with this immense loss in my life. And let me tell you, 
I was a Christian spammer, okay? I, I just got back from a mission trip to Nepal, and I had to give a testimony for that Sunday about how God moved in Nepal, which he did. But I had just found out my dad passed away, and everybody was like, you don't have to give a testimony right now. And I was like, no! Hashtag God turns it all around for good, and I hashtag am full of so much peace right now, okay? And then I remember, like, some people in the church were just like, it's okay to be sad right now. And, uh, you know, and I, I just I just felt like to be a good Christian, I needed to have it all together. To be a good Christian, I needed to say the right things. To be a good Christian, I needed to be strong because that's what good Christians do, okay? But I've tried to give the right Christian answers and give the appearance of faith and strength to people, but God and people never asked me or you to do that. It's only when you boldly and genuinely face the pains and disappointments in your life does God begin to pour out his spirit, his grace, his healing, and his comfort in your life. No Christian spamming when we face trials, suffering, disappointment. God's not into that, okay? So some of us, we Christian spam, okay? But others of us, we just begin to hashtag disappointment all the time, okay? hashtagging discouragement, hashtagging disappointment, and it's on the opposite end of the spectrum. Instead of acting like everything's okay, a lot of times we just revel in the horrible things of life, okay? We just make our home and we live there. And what happens when we hashtag disappointments, hashtag discouragements, is that it distorts our perception of what is actually true. And instead of seeing trials and difficulties and disappointments in our lives with sober-mindedness and clarity, when we hashtag it, we turn it into a searchable link. And this becomes dangerous. We don't want a Christian spam, but we also don't want to hashtag the wrong keywords in our lives. Okay? The reason we don't want to hashtag disappointments and discouragements in our lives is that, one, it's not good for us. Okay? Because we start getting overwhelmed with the pain and the sadness and the trials and the darkness. I know it's real, but then we begin to exalt it over the power of God. We look at that searchable link, and there's a track record of pain and discouragement. And we begin to read it all and say, this theme, this narrative of of sadness, of darkness, is greater than God, is greater than redemption, is greater than than what God can do. And we begin to click that searchable link, click those, those discouragements. Instead of it just happening once as an isolated incident, we begin to say, no, that's the theme of my entire life, okay? I made one F on my test. That means hashtag I am stupid, okay? I was rejected by a friend. That means I will always be rejected, okay? I, I was let down by my parents. That means I will always be let down by people. I could never trust them again. Hashtag, 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 hashtag. And then, and then all the world's hashtags, they begin to get filtered with our hashtags, our negative hashtags. Do you know what I mean? Because not only do they track our record of those incidences and make us feel like our life is just full of those bad things, but it connects everybody who also had the similar experiences, okay? So one, it's not good for us because it hashtag identifies us and establishes us in what is not true, okay? But it also begins to send out searchable keywords to people for them to click on and connect with you, 
but it's all connection over the wrong things. Okay? I don't know if you've ever had those friends that just suck you into that, right? Like, you never had a problem with negativity or gossip or depression or whatever, but then as soon as you start hanging out with them, all you start doing is talking bad, and all you start doing is focusing on the negative, and all you start doing is finding all the ways to be critical about everything, and then you're just like, what? That, that whole time I hung out with them, all I did was complain. All I did was gossip. All I did was be negative, and I just walked away from that. Man, I feel really connected to them. But after we stop complaining, we don't, we don't have anything else to connect about, okay? Just hashtagging those key words, it's not a good thing for you. It, it, it establishes you in those things that aren't true. It paints an incorrect narrative of your life, but it also connects you to the wrong kind of people. And it connects you to the wrong key words, okay? Your only connection point to people shouldn't be the bad things that happen in your life or the gossip or the criticism. Or the negativity, okay? You're going to draw in all the wrong kinds of people, and you're going to emphasize all the wrong kind of things if you begin to hashtag those bad things, those wrong keywords, okay? <clears throat> the thing is, the fact that Jesus comes onto the scene, it changes the narrative of our lives. And it should change the hashtags, the memorable things, the things that we remember, the key words in our life, the searchable links in our life. When Jesus comes on the scene, it's supposed to change our hashtags, okay? The truth is you cannot hashtag the keyword disappointment, hashtag futility, hashtag depression, hashtag failure, hashtag mistake, hashtag condemnation when you have encountered the hashtag Jesus. Because the hashtag Jesus wipes the entire searchable history of hashtag disappointment and despair. He washes it clean. He wipes it clean. And when you click that link, you'll find that all of it's gone when you've met Jesus. He just takes it all away. Okay, and let me explain how he does that. If we look at verse 25, verse 25, Jesus says to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He says, was it not necessary, hashtag necessary, that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his hashtag glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. What Jesus is saying to these men is that you only have partial understanding. You can't hashtag Two disciples, you can't hashtag the keyword disappointment, the keyword sadness, the keyword despair, because the story isn't finished yet. You think you know the whole thing. You think you have the clear vision. You think you have the whole picture, but you only have a glimpse. You only see in part. You only see a glimpse of the whole story. And for us guys on this side of the cross, we know the whole story, right? He rose from the dead. He took our sins, and he's resurrected. I don't know why I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know why I started singing. 
He rose from the dead, and he took our sins, okay? And now we're saved in him, and we can have eternal life in heaven. <laughs> but, like, but like, they didn't know that. This is before that happened, okay? So have a little sympathy for them. Um, they didn't know. They didn't have this Bible with the whole story, okay? So we can look on them and be like, yeah, they only knew, like, partially, and they were being so, you know, dramatic, so disappointed, faces downcast. They only knew in part. But how often do we do that, too? Okay? We've been betrayed. We've been rejected. We've been hurt. We don't understand this confusing or difficult situation. We don't understand God's purpose in letting this happen. We don't understand why this struggles in our life. We don't understand why we experience loneliness or fear. We don't understand it. And then we begin to hashtag the wrong key words. Okay? But God is saying, just like he said through Christ here to these two disciples, you don't have the whole picture yet. You don't know that I actually have a much bigger vision for your life. You don't know that I can actually use these situations to help you. You don't know that I am going to turn it around for your good. You don't know that I was setting you up to encounter me. You don't know that I'm redeeming you and this situation for your good and for my glory and for a testimony. God doesn't always cause the bad things to happen in our life, the difficult things to happen in our life, but he turns all of it around. We cannot give up in the middle of despair, in the middle of confusion, in the middle of disappointment, in the middle of discouragement, because we only see in part. we got to walk a little bit farther with Jesus, and he's going to begin to give us the bigger picture. Let me open up the scriptures to you and show you that how from the beginning of time, it's always been about me dying on the cross. Was it not necessary for me to die on the cross? This is my glory. Okay? And he began to to unpack it for them so they can understand. You see, Jesus, he sees things past, present, future. He sees the whole story. And when we're freaking out about our difficulties, about the difficult situation, with our partial understanding, he wants us to walk with him so he can show us the big picture too. You see, these disciples, they saw defeat, but Jesus said it was victory. How often do we see a tomb and God sees glory? We see death, but God sees life. We see suffering and God sees our healing. We see brokenness and God sees wholeness. We see loss and God says, you're found. We see destruction and God says, everlasting life. We see condemnation and God says, unending grace. We cannot hashtag the wrong key words with our partial understanding, because God has a bigger picture for us. Jesus says, if you only knew that I had to suffer the grave, crucifixion, so that you and all the sons and daughters for all time could freely call upon my name and receive everlasting life. Right now you see disappointment and defeat. Jesus is dead in the tomb for three days, but that's just a partial understanding. What if our current situation, our current struggle, our current confusion is just on the other side of that tipping point before God turns it all around and shows us his big picture, his hand, his redemption behind it all? Wouldn't it be a shame if we hashtag the wrong keywords right before he shows us his goodness and breakthrough? You see, when Christ comes on the scene, he erases our history of hashtag defeat 
and despair and disappointment. But he doesn't do this through a hashtag, okay? He doesn't just hashtag other key phrases at us. He does this through the at symbol, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm getting real with you guys, okay? I'm getting real with you guys, okay? The at symbol, the at symbol. You all know what I'm talking about? The at, the A with the circle around it, okay? The at symbol. Jesus doesn't just hashtag us, but he ats us, okay? What I mean about this Okay, from Mashable.com. Let me tell you what the at symbol is and what the purpose of the at symbol does. Okay? Mashable says, keep in mind that the at symbol does something completely different. Hashtag completely different. Okay? Using at before a person's name will tweet at him directly. Oh my goodness. God is here. Okay? Wow, okay. Letting him know that you have written to him via the at, okay? A hashtag will not. Sometimes users will hashtag a celebrity's name instead of using her Twitter handle. I don't know what that is. It is acceptable to tweet hashtag the name, but if you are trying to reach someone directly, don't use a hashtag. Everybody say, don't use a hashtag. A hashtag just talks about something. A hashtag just talks about someone, but an at talks directly to them. An at at sends a message directly to that person. It's completely different, okay? You see, all the disciples could do on this road to Emmaus was hashtag trends about what was happening, hashtag disappointments, hashtag what was happening, what was relevant, okay? They hashtagged about Jesus, They got input about what other people hashtagged about Jesus. But when Jesus comes, he doesn't just hashtag about things. He speaks directly to these two men. He not only speaks right at them and reveals truth to them, but he stays with them. And I want us to look at verse 29. Verse 28, it says, So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him as they... But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at a table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Verse 29 on says that he broke bread with them and their eyes were opened and they recognized him. They knew him. And they said to each other, We're not our hashtag hearts. Hashtag burning when he was with us. Okay? You see, Jesus doesn't just want us to hashtag about him, but he wants us to speak directly to him. This God left his place at the right hand of God the Father, the creator of all things, the creator of the universe. He squeezed himself into the creation. He put on flesh and he dwelt with man. He was born in a dirty manger with animals. He suffered. 
He was betrayed. He felt every disappointment, every form of rejection, every form of depraal. De- De, what am I saying? What, 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 what did I betrayal? Everything that we could feel as man and woman, everything we've ever felt, Jesus has felt it when he became man. He condescended to our level from being the almighty God so that he could act, speak directly to us. So that we wouldn't just hashtag about him all the time. So that we wouldn't just hashtag all this disappointment all the time. But that we could have a personal relationship with him. That's why he came. He wants that direct relationship. We now don't just have a high priest who can hashtag about things. We don't have a God who knows about what it is to be man. But we have a high priest who fully empathizes with our weakness. He's felt it. He knows it. He feels it. He understands it. He sees it completely. He sees and knows you in and out. Everything you've ever experienced, he acts you. He directly speaks to your situation, this relevant Jesus, this God incarnate, this Emmanuel, God with us, he comes to our present situation right now. But not only that, he doesn't just empathize with us, guys, but he also overcomes through us. He not only felt everything you felt, But he has overcome. He says, in the world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. He feels our pain. He knows us. He knows our situation. He empathizes with our weaknesses. We can now speak directly at him. But not only that, he has overcome every single thing we could ever experience. Every trial you've ever had. Every disappointment you've ever had. Every sin and shame and disappointment you ever will have. He has overcome it all. On the cross, it was nailed to him, all the sin, all the shame, all the condemnation, all the disappointment, all of that was nailed to the cross, and he overcame death, and he overcame all of it, and he, he defeated it. And he says, I speak directly at you. I live in you. And if I live in you, I will give you the power to overcome. Not just hashtagging Christianese things, not just becoming a Christian spammer, not just hashtagging about him, but directly at him, accessing that life inside of us, the Christ that lives in us. He wants to overcome the world in us. He not only overcame the world, but he wants to overcome the world in you. He's never overcome the world in you before. You're the only you that exists in this universe. And God wants to overcome through you, each and every one of you. He says, I want to overcome, and I can do it if you come to me and let me come and live in your heart. I will give you this hashtag everlasting life, hashtag hope. Hashtag living water. Hashtag joy. Hashtag presence. Hashtag peace. Hashtag true and precious promises. 
When you have Christ in you, he takes away, wipes clean your history, your track record of negative hashtags, and exchanges them for the whole new set of hashtags of the kingdom. And when you begin to turn these keywords into searchable links and people click on them, you're going to find that you have post upon post, testimony upon testimony around the world for all time about people hashtagging God's faithfulness in their lives. God wants to give you hashtags of his kingdom. These are the true narratives of your life. When Christ comes into your life, your narrative and the theme of your life is no longer rejection, disappointment, failure, loneliness. That's all gone. And now what he's exchanged are hashtags of the kingdom. Okay? I wonder if we hashtagged God's faithfulness, what would pop up on the track, on the trending list? What would pop up? I want us to think about all the times that God has been faithful to us when he didn't need to be. God has been faithful to us. That difficult season, that trial, that friend that just came out of nowhere in our lonely time, that time that that we were struggling and something broke through, that time we felt supernatural peace, all the times that God has been faithful to us, that's what we need to be hashtagging, the faithfulness of God. The moments when Jesus comes on the scene and speaks directly to us and everything changes from that moment on and our hearts begin to burn within us and we're different than we were just a moment ago. Those are the things we hashtag. Those are the things that we turn into searchable links. Those are the things that we begin to read about and connect with others about. Let's not connect with others about how depressing the world is. We have so much to talk about. It's a fallen world. But let's connect to others about the faithfulness of God, about how he's come through, about how Jesus is alive, about how he's risen. That's exactly what these men did. They were connecting over all these disappointments. But then one day when Jesus came and spoke directly at them, they ran to Jerusalem. They ran back to their home, the place that they were the most discouraged, and they began to connect with people. They began to hashtag words of salvation and redemption and hope. And they began to tell everybody about what happened and how Jesus is alive. As believers, that's what we hashtag. That's what we remember. Those are the key words of our lives. I want us to end tonight in a little bit of prayer. So if I can have Bora come up. The story of Emmaus Campus Ministry, how we got our ministry's name, is from this Bible passage. These men walking in disappointment, in disillusionment, in futility, established in those key words and hashtags of God is never going to come through. It's always going to be this way. My hope is crushed. I'm disappointed. These are the hashtags of their lives. These are the things that they remember. And if they look back on their lives, they just see the bad. And they see how God didn't come through. They once tried to believe that Jesus was their hope. But then their hopes were ruined because he didn't come through. But the crazy thing about Emmaus, about what happens in our ministry, semester after semester, year after year, is that every one of us, as we walk on our road through this journey of life, there are points of encounter 
when Jesus comes and he uses that at symbol and he speaks directly to us, not about us, not around us, but he speaks to us, to our hearts. And he says, I want to know you. I want to talk to you. I want to be real to you. I want to exchange the sorrow and the disappointments and the discouragement and the despair. I want to exchange the confusion and I want to give you peace. I want to give you life. I want to give you my presence. I want to give you my promises. I want to give you my kingdom. I want to give you my spirit. This is the great exchange of the gospel. This is the great exchange when we first receive Christ into our hearts. This is what happens instantly. He washes our slate clean and he gives us a new beginning. But as believers who've been believers for a while, we're called to do this exchange over and over again. Life happens. Crap happens, guys. And we've got to get in this this cycle of repentance, confession, of going to this Christ, this God who loves unconditionally, who doesn't ask questions, whose arms are always open, and, and exchanging our burdens and our sorrows and our disappointments, our crushed hopes for his life and his promises, for his peace, for his presence. And that is what the Emmaus Road is all about. It's about encountering this Jesus and everything inside of us changing. It's the best thing that could ever happen to us. And if you're in this room tonight, I believe that Jesus is at symboling each and every one of us. He's saying, I want to give, give you an opportunity for exchange. Do you want to exchange the wrong hashtags for some hashtags of the kingdom? Do you want to exchange some disappointments for some hope? Do you want to exchange some discouragements for some life? I believe that tonight God is giving us a grace to release fresh life, fresh hope, fresh life and fresh hope, fresh life and fresh hope tonight. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. And we all have disappointments. We all have fears. We all have moments of confusion when it looks like the the story isn't going well. And we want to just give up and hashtag stay there forever. But God is saying, I want to give you another story. I want to give you a bigger picture, a wider vision. I want to give you that fresh hope, that fresh life, that encouragement tonight.